This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. And welcome back to another episode of I Am Gotham, the show that explores Batman family history from 1939 till today. And I hope everyone had great holidays. I know I did. I know we took a couple of weeks off on the show, but we are back and I'm excited for, well, can't talk about it yet. But we'll be having some announcements probably in the next week or two. The format of the show will be changing starting next month with tons of new content. Maybe some guests coming in. Who knows? But for now, let's talk about Batman number six. Batman number six came out in September of 1941 and it features a few different stories. First up, we've got Murder on Parole. Then The Clockmaker. Then The Secrets of the Iron Jungle. And finally, Suicide Beat. So let's talk about Murder on Parole a little bit. Uh, this is, of course, a gangster story. My favorite! Uh, let's see. This centers around Chick Miller, who is an attempted murderer who's been put out on bail by uh, the parole board. And as he is let out, there's a bunch of gangsters after him trying to kill him. Batman and Robin stop him, and it turns out that the reason he was let out on parole was because a mob boss wanted him to join his gang. And uh, get on with a murder spree. But of course, Chick Miller doesn't want to get on with this murder spree. He's been let out on parole. And uh, as a result, they want him dead. Batman and Robin stop him. And when they try to figure out who the boss is that let Chick Miller out on parole, he faints. Because he's exhausted from being chased by these bad guys. So, Batman and Robin decide to do some investigating. And what's the best way to find out who the boss is? Well, of course, Batman decides to infiltrate the prison and pose as an inmate. So he dresses up like Chick Miller and goes into prison. While he's there, his uh, cellmate decides to uh, make a deal with him that he'll let him out on parole. And so as Batman goes in front of the parole board, he gets his parole approved. Batman's like, this is a little weird. One of these guys in the parole board must be the gang boss. And so, as it turns out, he is absolutely right. One of the uh, parole guys is the gang boss, and when he gets to meet the uh, gang boss and the whole crew, he decides to get out of his costume and start fighting the bad guys. Hilarity ensues! And I mean hilarity, because this particular story is one of the campier stories that we've read so far for this podcast. And uh, let me tell you, if you love Batman 66, you will definitely love this particular story. Because there's a whole bunch of whiz and wham and boom. In the end, Batman ends up taking care of the bad guys and arresting the gang boss. But not after there's a police showdown at the gang boss's warehouse and Batman throws the gang boss down an elevator shaft. Overall, I really dug the story. Super fun. It is really campy, but it's a very quick read and uh, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. This might be one of my favorite gangster-related stories of these early Batman issues. Of course, at the end, we do get a little bit of a lesson. Batman and Robin are talking, and Robin says, Well, I suppose all these men paroled by the boss will go back to jail. And Bruce says, All except Miller. He earned his parole. You know, it's easy for most people to understand crime doesn't pay. But when a criminal suddenly realizes it, as Miller did, well, that's about the best morale lesson there can be. Aw, thanks, Batman. <laughs> On with the show. Next up, we have the Clockmaker. He was just a clockmaker, and he called them murderers? Why? And why did people die when the clock stuck 13? Why did the tolling of 13 mean the tolling of the death knell? 
This was the problem that faced the Batman and Robin, the boy Wonder. But what they found out? They found the answer almost too late when they themselves discovered that they too were marked for death by the Clockmaker. After a stockholders meeting of a clock company, Hobbs Clock Company, Bruce Wayne and some of the shareholders, Decker, Atkins, and Keating, traveled to Brock, the clockmaker's clock shop, with an eye to purchase antique clocks. Mr. Brock, an eccentric, loses his temper as the wealthy men speak of killing time and having plenty of time. This really pisses the clockmaker off. Brock rushes Wayne and Atkins and Keating out of the shop, threatening murder for the wasting the precious time. The next day, Keating calls Bruce, worried that the prowlers at his home are trying to kill him. Batman and Robin arrive at Keating's and interrupt a group of powers attacks on Keating. With word of Batman on the case, Brock begins constructing clocks to do his bidding. The first clock kills Keating two nights later as it strikes 13 and dispenses a poisonous gas. The next night, a similar fate befalls Becker as the clock strikes 13 and a clock shoots a poisonous dart at him. Bruce Wayne is the next target, and just before the clock strikes 13, he tosses it out the window where it explodes with a giant boom. After the attempt on his life, Batman goes to Brock's shop to find Atkins, the remaining shareholder. Discussing the next attempt on Bruce Wayne's life, Atkins has been using the maniacal clockmaker to kill shareholders of Hobbs' clock company in order to gain control of the company. Brock kills Atkins while Batman is unconscious and plots to blow up the Hobbs' clock tower. Batman and Robin fight to keep the tower from totally 13, and Brock falls to his death in the process. And of course, there's always a moral in these stories. He was too fanatical about it, but he was right about one thing. People who waste valuable time are really enemies of mankind. Think of all the fine cures for disease and inventions that might be found if they made use of their precious time. It's worth thinking about. Is it though, Batman? Seems a little, uh, seems a little hysterical here. I don't know if, I, I, I just can't believe that Batman would agree with this clockmaker. But it is kind of sad to see all these people wasting time, right? I guess. Let's go on to the next story. The Secret of the Iron Jungle. The Batman and his right-hand lieutenant, Robin, the boy Wonder, campaign against crime in the Iron Jungle, a weird land where long-abandoned oil derricks, their smashed girders sprawling fantastically, stalk like prehistoric monsters through the weird shadows of the metal trees, sweep the Batman and Robin, a whirlwind regime of two to join titanic battle with crime and double-dealing and unravel the tangled web of terror which hides the secret of the Iron Jungle. As the story starts, Batman saves the New York representative of Page Oil, a company of Linda Page's father. And if you remember, we talked about Linda Page in episode 13, so check that out at nerdylegion.com slash episodes slash IAG dash 13, where you can learn all about Linda Page. The next day, Linda explains to Bruce the strange things have been happening in Texas surrounding an upcoming oil find. Bruce and Dick head to Texas to figure out what's going on. Upon arrival at the Texas office, Bruce happens upon a man named Graham Masters, partner to Linda's father, threatening Linda's father. Bruce scares Masters off and finds out that Linda's father is to sell his shares of the company or his life will be in danger. Bruce is attacked later as a ruse for Masters to carry out a plan to get Linda's father to sell his shares. Mr. Page is shot and Masters instructs his man to tie Mr. Page in an abandoned old Derek until he agrees to sell his shares. Soon after, Linda arrives and is grabbed by Masters' men to keep her away until her father agrees to sell his shares. Batman and Robin leap into action to save her and her father. A very exciting and death-defying battle brings Batman and Robin against Masters and his men. Masters' own actions kills his men, and eventually he is killed as he tries a last-ditch effort to end the raid of Batman and Robin. Soon after Masters' death, Batman detonates a blast that brings in a gusher that is to bring Page Oil its next gusher. And if you don't know what a gusher is, it shoots out like millions of barrels of oil into the sky. So this is a great thing for the company, to be honest. They're going to make millions. And uh, I like the way this ends, because of course Linda Page doesn't know that Bruce is Batman. Nobody knows, except for Dick. 
And so at the end, Bruce offers to uh, give Linda Page a ride back to her home. And she says, thanks a lot, but there couldn't be any excitement driving with you. Weren't you man enough to help Dad? I'd like you a little better if you took a leaf out of Batman's book. And of course, as Bruce and Dick are driving away, Bruce says, poor Linda, she'll never know. Sometimes I kind of wish she could know. And Robin exits. Ah, jeez. The Batman's job is to hunt criminals. Of course it is. Can't have love, Batman. No romance, Batman. I'm just kidding. Of course you can have romance. And he has many of them. Let's move on to the final story of this issue, Suicide Beat. When killers mock the law and taunt the blue-coated protectors of society, then it is time for the Batman to make his timely entrance. With his laughing young aide Robin, the boy wonder their master crime-smashing penetrates the hidden lair of the denizens of the underworld and meets their measures with swift actions of his own. Follow the Batman now as he fares forth on another mission, ferreting out and crushing the evil on Suicide Beat. Dun-dun-dun. In Suicide Beat, three policemen have died in Fancy Dance territory. Because of this, the territory has become known as the Suicide Beat. Veteran cop Kelly is given the beat, and on his first night is the fourth casualty of the neighborhood. His son, Jimmy Kelly, demands the beat to get vengeance on Fancy Dan for killing his father. Not wasting time, Fancy Dan sends his goons to rough up Jimmy and keep him in line. Batman and Robin intervene and fight off Fancy Dan's goons with Jimmy's help. After the events, they find evidence that corrupt local official has fixed a charity boxing match. Batman takes the place of the champ and fights the corrupt official's challenger. After Batman's win, Fancy Dan steals the gate receipts. Escaping certain death and rescuing a woman's child from a fire, Batman, Robbie, and Jamie Kelly ensure that the imprisonment of Fancy Dan, his corrupt alderman, and change the attitude of the hateful tenants of Suicide Beat. And this is actually a pretty nice story, man. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Much of it doesn't have Batman in it. A lot of it does have to do with uh, Jimmy Kelly and his dad. But uh, it's all a setup for whatever the uh, for what the Suicide Beat story is. And uh, this this Fancy Dan guy, man, what a loser! This boxing charity event is to feed needy children in in the Suicide Beat, and here he wants to steal the uh, the receipts. Shame on this guy. Anyways, cool story, fun time, good uh, good moral as always, and. Uh, I hope we see Jimmy Kelly a little bit more. I don't think we do, but I would love to see him again. And that's going to wrap up this episode of I Am Gotham. Thanks for listening. We talked about Batman issue number six today. Next episode, I'll be talking about Detective Comics number... Let's see. Detective Comics 53 and 54. And then next week, we'll come back with Batman number seven. And then, of course, next week is the release of the Gotham, Gotham by Gaslight animated film so we'll definitely have a roundtable discussion discussing that and maybe by that point i'll be ready to make some announcements as to the future of this podcast thanks for listening if you want to find me i will be on twitter at geekvine this show is on twitter at i am gotham show that is the place based to get in touch and uh, of course if you want to email i love the questions keep on sending them nerdlegion at gmail.com that's gonna wrap it up We'll catch you next time.